Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker and listen with a sparkle in your eye as though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I ever heard in all my life. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. A.J. Fozick. Uh, I was in Portland for the Live Free podcast group art show that went down at the Hellion Gallery on Thursday. It's um, Saturday. It was a, a really great show. I want to thank everybody who, who came out and, and supported the show. It was a really cool weekend up there. Uh, Sven Davis, a art collector from the UK who does... Um, he's the UK correspondent for, um, for Arrested Motion. He was curating a show right up the street, which was another like 100-person group show. So there was a ton of artists in town for that show and for my show. And like a bunch of artists who just happened to be there, who had friends in town. So uh, Mark Dean Vecca, who was there, he, he had posted something on his Twitter or his Instagram or or no, maybe it was Blaine Fontana he who was also in the show. He was actually in both shows, which happened to be the the... Uh, repetitive theme that a bunch of the people who were in my show were in his show, the other show, and vice versa. Pete Dog trying to get in on the show here. Um, so he he had mentioned that it felt like it was Art Basel in Portland for the week, um, and I, I'm really stoked that I got to go up there and do it. I got a, a a big burst of inspiration to to keep working on my shit. So um, thanks to everybody who took part in the show, all the artists and the people who've been on the podcast. Yeah, so uh, I got while I was in town, uh, Matt from Matt Wagner from the Hellion Gallery set up a, a podcast interview with uh, AJ Fozick, and I've actually been following his work for a long time. So we went over to his studio, his workshop, and uh, sat down and did a had a conversation. Uh, we talked spiders, Human Five, working class, trains, rock gut and KGB, woodworking, retarded babies, flying on nine eleven motorcycles, record industry, execs, copyright, free market greed, and name changes. Uh, As you'll quickly learn, uh, AJ's studio is right on the train track, so we have some train issues. I left, I, I, I cut out as much as I possibly could. There's a couple parts where the conversation was was at a good spot and I didn't want to cut it all the way out or there's something funny or whatever. So there's some spots that have the train squeal in the back and I did it at spots where it didn't seem that bad in the edit. Uh, Sometimes after the edit and you go back and put it on iTunes, the sound changes. So I apologize if it's terrible. If it is, just skip through the the squelching and and there's plenty of opportunities to to hear the show without it. Uh, I'll set it up... uh, Matt Wagner had picked up me and Jocelyn Duke from the airport and went directly over to AJ's studio and uh, had this conversation. So Matt, Jocelyn, and AJ and I are all sitting around a table shooting the shit. So, um, yeah, I guess with all that said, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. There you can click on the link for the podcast. You get all the... The episode's right there. You could listen to it there. You could listen to it on Stitcher if you just search the free podcast. Um, then you, if you're in iTunes, you could uh, get it right from the store. Make sure you go over there, download the shows to your iTunes, subscribe. It goes right in there. 
Uh, if you want to donate to the show, you could do that places on the blog or whatever. I think there's PayPal links on the on the uh, web on the podcast page. So just go to mikemaxwell.com, follow me on Twitter and shit, and I'm on Instagram now. I think I I just got on Instagram. It's probably been that long since uh, I've done a podcast of like a month. Um, so follow that shit too. Everything's always at Mike Maxwell Art because some motherfucker has MikeMaxwell.com, but it doesn't matter now. So, all right, do that shit. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, with all that said, Mr. AJ Fozik, Fozik, I still don't know how to say his name. All right. That spider right there has been going at it for like two months. Oh, he is. He's eating those things, huh? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you watch it or you like, yeah, oh, totally. dear diary. <laughs> well, like, most of those bugs in there are from coffee that I leave out. And oh, so really? those are all, like, fruit flies that grow in the coffee. And then he eats them. It's pretty awesome. Symbiotic yeah. relationship we have. <laughs> Did you name him? I have not named him yet. If you guys want to get on on this thing and, and conversate, right. you're more than welcome to. <laughs> no, 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 no. take the spotlight oh, away from him, this guy. He's got the story. One well, time. I want you to take the spotlight from Listen, me. You guys he, do the work. He seriously needs to tell you the story. One time he was transporting one of these sculptures, and he was out by fucking Astoria, and this woman was drowning. And he was able to lash a rope to that, throw it in, and pull her to shore. My art saved lives. Saved. Hooked into her, pulled her in. Is that real? And totally now the Coast Guard story. uses a sculpture just like that instead of life preservers. Are we good? Are we recording now? Yeah, yeah I think we're recording. Right, we're good. And AJ signs everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those $50,000 toilet seats from the government. That's his lifesavers for the Coast Guard. $10,000 a pop. It's a good racket. All right, so let's sort of, I guess we'll set up the scene for the listeners. Um, usually I do these interviews through Skype, Skype yeah. or uh, in the studio. Um, but we we're could, actually in your studio today. We, we could mimic the Skype. The, yeah, can you do the sound? Do you know it? Well, I can do the part do do where the I'm ring? like, can you see me? I can't see you. Can you see me? <laughs> That's the really part how we start. The best part, though. <laughs> do, do, do. There's something that's comforting, that, that sound, for some reason. You've been Skyping way too much. I know, Are it's you going to develop nonsense. an NPR thing uh, no, I need. You know, I actually. It's it's funny. I had did a tried to do like a regular intro song because I always do a different song at the end, is just for my own amusement or whatever. Yeah. And I tried to make a, an intro song, and it sounded like a, totally like I was biting one of those NPR shows. And I was like, ah, I fucking can't get away with this shit. Was it a jingle? Like, uh, yeah, it was like. Well, you know, GarageBand has all these like pre-made sounds that you could just loop. And I so think, it was like a distinctive set of notes kind of thing? Like the, yeah, yeah. The well, thing. I think every podcaster goes into GarageBand and makes a little like fake jingle out of those tracks. But then there's people who have like real radio, uh, you know, college background or something. Right, right. Production. Actual production. Job. So um, thanks for sitting down and talking with me, man. Of I appreciate course. it. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I've been, I've been interested in your work for a long time, well before um, I started seeing the sculptural work. It, uh, oh, yeah? Which is what you're known for over the last, what, like five, six, seven years, whatever. Yeah, it's getting up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually used to see your stuff on the street. Yeah. Back before <laughs> before the term street art was even a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember, uh, I, and I, I don't really even know how I came across it, 
Yeah, because I mean, uh, most of that stuff I was doing in New York. It was like me and uh, Rotgut KGB, my Which buddy. Which I have a Rotgut piece. Do you really? Uh, a buddy of mine was in New York. I think he was in Brooklyn. Um, was it like one of the sign pole pieces, like a signage piece? No, it was uh, a wheat paste that somebody, that uh, I guess the, a person had a garage that had like a wood panel that oh, was yeah. drilled into Yeah, that's, the... that's my wheat paste. It's like a head. Like a that like says a baby rock, head. Yeah, that says rock out on it. Well, it's all ripped up. Yeah, so yeah. a buddy of mine had this garage or something had a wood piece drilled into it, and, and then he, it looked like he, the wheat paste was done on top of that. Cut the piece out of the garage. He went with a crowbar at night and crowbarred <laughs> it off. That's just awesome. because, and he did. He he wasn't like in the art scene or anything. He just saw it and liked it. That's right. And, and he thought that I would like it. That's awesome. So he took enough time out of his you know <laughs> trip to New York, crowbar this piece off the off the garage. He took it home to his garage, you know, at his dad's studio or whatever. Yeah. Cut it down so it was like a nice, like, framed piece and brought it home on the plane. Which is an awesome compliment because it's completely out of the context. He just liked it. He didn't yeah. know who I was or yeah, give a shit about no it. Yeah, had no idea. No idea. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. So, so that was, uh, you know, that was a, quite a while ago. That had to be, like, I think I was doing those in, like, 2002 or one, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I moved to New York in, like, 99. And uh, I'd been doing like a lot of graffiti. Like I'm from Southeast Michigan, and I've been doing a lot in Detroit, and but way more traditional. And then I moved to New York, and I was sort of like, I fucking hate the graffiti scene. And uh, I started seeing a bunch of cost rev stuff, you know, and like right. sort of the sort of the stuff that was moving in that direction. I mean, before street art was a thing. Yeah, you know? <laughs> such a weird time, right? To look yeah, back no, on it, it now. Yeah, no, it was cool. But, I mean, it was cool because there was no sort of like definitive style. There was no like street art dogma. It just yeah. was like. It was just figuring out, like, different ways to do shit, you know, like, uh, like Sonic, like Caleb Neon. Uh-huh. Did you know Human 5? No. God damn it. No. Nobody fucking knows who Human 5 is. <laughs> New York guy? C- uh, Canadian. Oh. Uh, Vancouver. Uh, like, other group, those was, guys? Like, uh... No, it was before, before that. Really? Yeah, like, these dudes would, and it was the same thing. It was like that... That do-it-yourself mentality, like, yeah, yeah. okay, we don't have all that many galleries to show out, so we're going to go outside and just make shit outside for yeah. people to see. Yeah. And they were building huge installations on that, like, Check. basically doing an art show it's on the outside. outside of a building. That's awesome. You know, we're building things, making actual art pieces, and then hanging them up. I thought for sure you would know who they were, who they were from that, that time period. They did a bunch of stuff with... Um, there was a, a snowboard company out of Canada that was pretty big that they did a bunch of design stuff for. Hmm. No, I totally don't know that. Yeah. I feel like I should. So, um, like your early life, you said you grew up in Michigan. Yep. Did um, what, What's your family life like? Did you come from a, a creative background? No, just straight middle class or a latchkey kid, you know, uh-huh. Midwest. Growing up in front of the TV. Right. <laughs> Got it. Well, you, you kind of come off, and I don't know, this is just the perception of, of like, a sort of like a working class dude. Like, we're yeah. in your wood shop now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you you always seem like a dude that's, um, like, we were mentioning, like, you could maybe be a plumber or something, and yeah. like, you could probably, you know, do some type of other type of job that's, you know, working with your hands or whatever. Is, this, yeah. is, it, does, is that coming from your family background? Like that type of working mentality? I mean, I think that maybe comes culturally from, like, Southeast Michigan, you know? Like, that's sort of, like, a real blue-collar kind of place, but not my family specifically. Like, my dad can't even turn a screwdriver, which, I don't know, is maybe (laughs) why I sort of went that direction, you know? I was like, I just want to be able to do these things. Like, I always sort of looked up to people who could do things, you know, who had, like, facility, who could, you know, build. Like, if I wasn't doing art, I would probably be 
doing building or doing furniture or something like that. Yeah. You when know? did you start working with wood? Because like like we were talking about earlier, you like you started two D, right? Like yeah, yeah. drawing, painting. So basically, right around that time of that we paste, I started doing like KGB and I started doing a lot of sign stuff, and we were just like you know taking imagery and putting it on signs, and uh, essentially just installing them outside on signposts or wherever. And so it sort of became like a oh, like let's a mention train. that there's a train uh, <laughs> right behind your wood shop. It's showing up today. Perfect. Yeah, and it gets loud because it goes around that bend. Those wheels, like every wheel on that train, is gonna screech as it goes by. Oh, I see a hobo. Let's go talk to it. <laughs> Union Pacific, that's historic. Somebody uh, wrote in the dust. They wrote Obama, and then somebody went in and covered the O, so it just said Bama. <laughs> Do you see hobos travel? Uh, define hobo. You see someone like with an open, like old school, like a stick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of trains. sandwich. That's actually like right on the other side of that is a spot where a bunch of like the train kids hop onto trains. Really? Yeah. So there's tons of them out That's there. For real, That's for real. But no, nobody with like a you know sack and a stick. <laughs> Simple train car riding. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually I've totally caught trains from people that I know back east here. Occasionally, most of it's like very northwest of Canada, like names yeah. I don't recognize. But I've totally caught trains from people out east. Yeah, you know, Orville Sander. I don't get too concerned with like I'm not like a woodworker, so I don't get super obsessive about like wood finish. <laughs> it's like paint grade, not stain grade. That's how I look at it. That is a gang sign. Oh man, I was, that is <laughs> yeah. well, that means, Every one of these are gang signs. Like, well, I think were, it's supposed to. Gang signs. I thought it was a joke. Beautiful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you put it together like by like all day. There were like five minute breaks of shooting. <laughs> so fucking annoying. Samsung. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Paid the bills. Like I've had the experience numerous times of seeing work and being like holy shit that's awesome and then going to the gallery and being like that painting fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's like when the, the camera blends everything perfectly totally for you. yeah yeah like you get in front of the painting you're like those are like the worst shittiest brush strokes and that's just like I've disappointing never a good picture of I know that's how I feel about my shit too ever it's way better it's in person it's so frustrating than it is. You're yeah. like oh okay I'm like no I have to see it in person <laughs> but I love when the photo blur- it blends my shit for me I'm like yes <laughs> like stuff on the street like big mural stuff it's like yeah yeah splotches of color and you take a picture and it's all oh, perfect <laughs> All the fuck ups disappear. <laughs> yeah, I love that shit. <laughs> oh, that was kind of like a religious moment. Now, <laughs> 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 nah, what were you guys talking about? I remember. What were we talking about? <laughs> Professional. Talk about some art. 
Alright, now that the goddamn train is out of the way, let's we'll try again. Graffiti no, we were talking about the, the transition from 2D to 3D and you know, this sort of process that it, how that, you, you were working on the signs and doing yep. the, the stuff with, with uh, KGB. Was it KGB the crew or was Rocka? So Rocka was the crew and then at some point <laughs> KGB kind of uh, claimed Rotgut for his own and uh-huh. I didn't really argue too much. And he sort of just made that his own persona. I, I don't know. It was weird. That was like the two of us was like the monger we worked under Rock Gut when we did collaborative stuff. Right. And then he sort of just went with that on his own. Okay. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't sure which one was which. Yeah. No, it's confusing. Um, but yeah, so we were doing like a lot of sort of like sign installation kind of stuff. Like, uh-huh. you know, like a lot. Doing uh, like wood building sort of thing. A lot of people started doing that later. Yeah. I think, you know, Caleb was sort of the Sonic was like the first one. Like uh-huh. he was sort of. He was doing that in Boston probably, like, I don't know, a few years before KGB and I started doing it. Yeah. And uh, But, yeah, there wasn't anybody doing that at the time. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the, the transition into building, you, you just mentioned that you're not a woodworker while we sit in your wood shop <laughs> uh, surrounded not, not by woodworking tools. Traditional and, woodworker, I guess, would be the, yeah. the way to phrase it. <laughs> Is there like a, do you think they would, like, look down upon you? Yeah, to absolutely. be like, oh, that's not the way you're supposed to do that. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I sort of... You're not the union. I don't... You know, like, real woodworking is all about, like, joinery and making, like, super complicated sort of, like, you know, dovetail joints and finger joints and all that kind of stuff. And I just, like, I don't do any of that. I basically, like, you know, it's all wood glue and nails banged together. And I also don't... You know, I mean, I paint everything I do. I'm not worried about, like, wood finish. And it's all made out of plywood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... I don't know. Maybe they would. Who cares? Did, um... So how did that transition go? Because I know a lot of times people who make things 2D, yeah. it's, it's often difficult to try to make those 2D objects because we're, we're so focused on making a 2D object look three-dimensional, like yeah. that trick of the eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then actually making the object. So, you know, like there's a lot of people who, who are illustrators or whatever, make toys and have to design something from multiple sides and create a three-dimensional thing. And it's, diff- it's, it's, it's difficult to make that transition. It was... Was it uh, was it smooth for you or it, it just was pretty natural? I mean, I literally like you know was doing sign stuff and I was like you know I could just make the imagery that I'm making out of wood and I literally went to Home Depot and bought one ninety nine dollar scroll saw and I had that scroll saw as like my only tool for like five years and just made everything I made out of that. But it was pretty. I didn't you know I don't know if it's just from like playing with Legos too much as a kid or something. But <laughs> it totally just made sense to me. Like the idea was almost in my head, fully formed, and it just like I just started building stuff. And you know it sucked at the beginning because I had like an illustration degree. I had no idea how to work 3D. Like I didn't know shit about. Yeah, because I'm sure there's all sorts of like puzzles to oh, try yeah. to figure well, out. Like when I started doing, I was doing all like paper mache, you know, and I showed uh-huh. up at a gallery and they were like. We can't fucking sell this. Like, what the fuck is so this? So, were you already doing gallery stuff? Motherfucking Union Pacific. <laughs> Suck a dick. They're on that train going, I wonder what's going on in that building. <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather was a railroad man. Really? My great grandfather. What did he do? I have no idea. He disappeared at like you know, 27 or 28. Just vanished. Nobody knows that. Really? Yeah, wow. it was some gangster shit. I have a photo of him. Was he West Coast? Pennsylvania. Oh, shit. Those Amish can make people disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Take you out on the buggy ride, you totally. don't come back totally. for a Two buggies together, they tie his hands. <laughs> That's like those dudes you're talking about up in fucking Montana. Montana yeah, yeah. Fuck. No shit. Fucking stopped. 
There you go. Can you go in reverse now? They do that all the time. Fucking shithead. Motherfucker is going backwards. Son of a bitch. Yeah. We didn't do it right the first time. That's how we are in America. You gonna come back? Done right. That's union for you. You didn't do it right the first time. Go backwards and do it again. Try again. Yeah. Hilarious. There's this dude that hangs out in the parking lot over there. I'm surprised he's not out there now. He's like this train spotter guy, but he's like, you know, specially able. <laughs> retarded baby. Like, he's like, burr, burr. Like, asshole. Uh, yeah, awesome. I do it every time, dude. Like, he sits in his car. He has a minivan, and he sits there, and then when the trains come out, he gets out and does yeah, this Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Every fucking day. You know what he needs? <laughs> the retard baby. He does. He needs to next to him on the seat. Dressing up a little conductor outfit. Do it for my baby. You know what? The stop and the day I order, like, to go to a website in Sweden and order a retarded baby. baby. You got problems. I wouldn't have. It might be a question, right? Yeah. You got a lifelong Nambla membership, man, when you're ordering that shit. I sold a retarded baby on eBay. There you go. Now, now this time I actually forget what we were talking about now. Well, we were talking about woodworking. Yeah, you were talking about how you don't do joinery. I don't do joinery. Well, the the puzzle of it. So, for instance, I was looking at how what it takes to build a mouth on the piece that's sitting yeah. over here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I assume that with with a pencil or brick paintbrush, it's easy to create those shapes. But there's a, a learning curve to trying to figure out how to build something out of materials that you know. Yeah, there's definitely like an extra to work with. extra step in the process because you not only have to figure out sort of what you want it to look like why you're doing it, you know, everything you have to solve 2D, then you then have to also solve how you physically make it, put it together, and yeah. make it work, I and mean, it's definitely a learning curve. I mean, I, I feel like I get better every every single show, I'm doing something that's better than the last time, you know, and that's yeah. sort of like what holds my interest about it, is that problem solving. So were you showing your work already in the, in the 2D form before this? I think I had like maybe one show when I was still in school. That I did where I was just doing 2D stuff and then... Where'd you go to school at? Parsons in New York. And I showed... I had a show at Anno Domini out in San Jose when I was in school and they were doing like... Uh, I showed 2D stuff there. Yeah. And, but immediately after that I was I was pretty much doing 3D stuff. And I feel like maybe that's where I may have started to see stuff too. It's around Could be, time. yeah, yeah. Will and I, KGB, did a show there. In like yeah, yeah, in yeah. Bird. I think I remember that. Two, actually, you know what? It was... The weekend before September 11th, because I flew back to New York, and then the next morning was September 11th. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I flew on. Uh, I've I've flown on September 11th. The, actually, the 10 year anniversary. I flew on September yeah. 11th. Did you I get think. cheap tickets? Yeah, tickets were cheap, and the the airport was empty. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I was gonna use the word dead there, but I felt like maybe that was an inappropriate use of word. <laughs> it was empty, just nobody there. But yeah. you know what was really strange is. Just you and the air marshals. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, it was <laughs> yeah. really strange. And I got, I was, I, I wasn't. A holiday for the terrorists. I, I wasn't <laughs> nervous to do it, but the the night before, I got like a crazy migraine. Then woke up the next morning and puked like I was sick. 
As Weird. soon as I puked, I, I felt better. Was it stress really? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I think I was seriously stressed about it, but like subconsciously stressed, you know? Because I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm a tough guy. Nothing's gonna happen with me. But yeah, like, then, there holy was a, shit. I'm actually gonna fly on September 11th. Like, it yeah. was a great deal when you were buying cheap tickets. And An underlying fear it. that yeah. you know, as much as I knew it was uncalled yeah. for, it's and, sort of almost superstition. But then you're like, well, I actually could get flown into a building, possibly. Yeah, I wonder what kind of stuff, like, you know, like how tragedies, like. Like Labor Day became a holiday because of a tragedy in New York or Chicago or New York. I, th- I think it was New York. Triangle Pullman. Shirt Fighter Fire or no? No, it was the Pullman. Um, speaking of trains, the goddamn trains. <laughs> it was a Pullman uh, Pullman strike, which I believe it was a, a train a company. Or it was a train company okay. at the time, and uh, they basically they weren't paying the livable wages to right. survive for the guys, and they kept. You know, charging them more at the company store, right. whatever it was, yeah, yeah. and they ended up having a strike. And during the strike, uh, the police came in, or the uh, you know, the boom squad, yeah, came some in and killed like six people or something. And there was a big, a big hoopla about it. And the government ended up pushing through like hyperspeed, uh, making Labor Day a holiday, holiday as a way to kind of be like, oh, sorry about those six dudes. That yeah, we we're not going to actually give you any labor reform, but here's a holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For you to have one day off to go drink beer and, and yeah. be a dummy. Yeah. You 11-year-old kids, you can yeah. leave the factory for one day and go yeah. drink beer. But I'm wondering if I wonder if we see that with 9-11, you know, 30 years later, 40 years later. I think that they want to make it like a holiday, but it's so weird how we how we attach to yeah. like, such tragedy. Like you're almost celebrating some yeah, like, horrible yeah. thing that happened. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I'm sure it will be a holiday at some point. But it, it seems like the people who are most like obsessed with or give a shit about September 11th in a way are people who like... Like you always see, like never forget nine one one on the back of some hillbilly dude's pickup yeah, truck. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I just saw one the other day. <laughs> yeah, like, it was the silhouette of the towers, and it just said nine eleven in the towers, like it was a fucking company logo. Yeah, exactly. And somebody sold that. Yeah, fuck it. Somebody made it in China and cashed in and made a bunch of money on it. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yep. So yeah. you've been so you've been doing fine art. Full time now for since uh, 2000, I think seven was when I quit my last job. What did you do? I was a mechanic, like a motorcycle mechanic. I, well, like two stroke motorcycles and like vintage scooters, like Vespas and Lambrettas. Uh, we saw a motorcycle last night that uh, you probably would have freaked out about. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so uh, does that sort of play into your your making of things too? Because that's one of the, another yeah, one yeah, of those yeah, things. Absolutely. That motorcycles are for sure like sculptural items. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Objects. Yeah, no, there was like a, a period of time where I was definitely like working on bikes all the time and then I realized that that was like sort of drawing from the same place that like my art does. <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, and I was realizing that like, all right, when I'm working on bikes then it's like, it's taking away from my art. Like I don't have, it, it was pulling from the same pool, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was like, I was spending all this time on bikes and then not making any artwork, and I was like, okay, I kind of got to stop this. You yeah, know? <laughs> utilizing all those energies. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's comes from the same place, you know, like whatever that creative impulse is. It's definitely, I don't know, that sort of like building or like taking things apart and putting them back together, it's all sort of part of the same impulse. Have you ever thought about uh, like the transfer of functionality of like a, you know, a transportation vehicle, like trying to do some functionality into the, <laughs> the work? No, because I think that's like, it's sort of a piece that doesn't fit for me. It doesn't uh, make sense, you know? Yeah. I mean? Like, people say that shit to me all the time. Like, dude, you should make it animatronic, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, that, like those, uh, 
what was that? Uh, not Chuck E. Cheese, but the other one that had like the Swampland yeah, bears. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that's what I imagine every time somebody says that to me. I'm just like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Dude, imagine like one of your creatures, like somebody riding on it, you know, running down the street. That could be pretty epic. You know, because you see those like those like Burning Man see, things. That's, that's that where it goes too, though. Like, yeah, it goes right to Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. And steampunk fucking Burning Man nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God damn, that would be interesting to see. <laughs> but you, you've worked in some animation stuff too, right? Have you done have you done any video work? No. None of these things that... I, Why, I, did you see somebody... <laughs> I need to contact a lawyer? I, I thought maybe yeah, that... I, I, didn't they... I thought maybe that I, Mastodon I, video. Didn't oh, they do a video? Yeah, 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 that's a whole different can of worms. They did do a video. Um, maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. No, that was sort of like a weird scene. I definitely... I don't know. Is that not? <laughs> I know. I don't give a shit. I don't care at all. Like it, it was. Definitely... What do you mean by weird? What do you? Well, like, how did that project work out for you? They contacted me, and those dudes are super cool. And uh, they're basically like, "We like your stuff. Just do whatever you want." And I was like, "That's awesome," you know. And, right. And uh, that part of it was really cool and really just organic, and kind of I like dealing with those guys. And then I, the record company were complete assholes. Like the record company just took advantage of me. Essentially, you know, like. Just pull all sorts of shitty shit like that video. I think that the ended record company on... sending the train right now yeah. again. Those fucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's shit on record recording. Exams. Oh yes, <laughs> they're the worst. A and R guys, fucking terrible. Yeah. So I, I mean, it was sort of my fault. Like I basically, you know, was sort of naive. I don't do a lot of commercial work, and they just yeah. totally fucked me over. Like they were like, oh well, we want to do some like promotional, like come over to the studio and shoot some promotional stuff. Which they turned into a music video that they released on YouTube. Like, I had nothing to fucking do with any of that, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, it was just shady all around. I don't know, fuck them. That's, but, I found the same thing. It's like... Yeah. And I wonder sometimes if it's malicious intent, like, okay, we're gonna fuck this dude. Or if they think, think like, like, that they're doing something good. No, I think they're just trying to squeeze every fucking penny that they can, you know? And yeah, it's like... They're, they're dying. They, yeah, totally. And they don't give a shit if they're screwing you over, you know? It's yeah. like, I don't know, just unethical. They're just dicks. <laughs> but yeah, they're in a dying business, so... Yeah. That greed does fucking crazy things to people. Yeah. Well, they Especially wouldn't be in a dying business if they fucking would change their business model, you know? It's like... But instead, they want to blame everybody else. It's like, fuck you guys, you Yeah, know? and we're seeing a, a lot of new copyright law stuff happening right now. Yeah, totally. All it's, driven by that. Yeah. Which what, sucks. You, you know, know what's really interesting is, you know, like, turn of the century, artists and musicians and songwriters were all... Putting work out with the intent of it becoming um, public property. Yeah, absolutely. And there's like a 10-year, 20-year gap, and after that period, you, you're supposed to have made your, your money in that period, and after that, it becomes the property of the intellectual property of everyone. Of course. As opposed to a single Well, because person. any innovation is built on everything that came before it. So if you make everything off limits, then you completely stifle any sort of creativity or development, you know? Yeah. And, are, I don't care what field you're in, you're basically, you know, doing whatever you're doing on the backs of everybody who came before sure, you. Sure, you know? sure. So it's like, it's ridiculous to, you know, try and stifle that. Yeah. Just living in general. Yeah. It's, it, we're still <laughs> yeah, building exactly. off, off those old ape genes, you know, totally. we're still working with that shit. Yeah, we're on like millions of years of ripping people's copyright off at this yeah. point. <laughs> like and so it becomes like, you know, I wonder if that, if we, we see that, you know, like that stifling of creative... I mean, you have the internet, which is sort of the antidote to that. You know, it's it's the problem yeah. and the antidote at the same time. But I, I think basically businesses that figure out a way to change their business model and survive, you know, like, I mean, the record company makes that case all the time that, like, oh, you're stealing from artists, you know. Yeah. But 
I don't ever remember paying for an episode of Seinfeld, and all those people made plenty of fucking money. So yeah, you know, sure. there's there's a way to do it. It's yeah. just it's just about figuring it out. And then it's also we see um, the way big corporations will buy up patents. You yeah. know, particularly yeah, yeah. in the medical industry or whatever. Uh, you know, maybe a certain pill will come out that's more effective, more cost efficient. Buy it and kill it. And yeah, the companies yeah. will just buy up the the patents, and these things never go to to fruition. And that's another one of those things, like stifling that creative thought, you know, as a way to earn more profit. Right, which is, you know, where that whole free market theory bullshit completely breaks down, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just, that sort of control, and that much power and that much money does not help anybody. Yeah, it's funny, those those hyper free market folks have a tendency to, to totally discount the idea of greed and, and corruption. Yeah. Well, it's like sort of, you know, that hyper free market thing is like the flip side to, you know, communism looks good on paper, but it doesn't work because it doesn't factor in greed as a motivator. Yeah, exactly. And that sort of hyper capitalism doesn't work because it doesn't factor hyper greed as sort of a corrupter. Yeah. You know, so it's like they're like the flip side of the same thing. That's a, I, I've been having a lot of debates with, uh, there's like this new, um, Mexican communist movement that's yeah. happening that yeah, like yeah. I'm noticing yeah like those huge protests that didn't get covered anywhere yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, it's that same thing there's like and I was talking about this last night about the Democratic National Convention how smart people all of a sudden turn fucking stupid <laughs> when somebody talks to them in a certain rhythmic pattern oh yeah it's almost yeah. like a mass fucking hypnotist like a like everyone's being hypnotized by this speech pattern that oh he sounds great president yeah, exactly. You know, he knows how to put words together, president. Well, and that's another reason, like, the, the free market theory is total bullshit because it depends on, you know, what is termed perfect information. But at this point, information is so easily manipulated. Like, if you have enough money and enough power, you can fabricate information. You know what I mean? You can fabricate truth, essentially, at this yeah. point. Like, I don't even know if you might be a figment of my imagination right now. Like, this might not even be fucking I'm a corporate real, construct. Right? Yeah. yeah, seriously. <laughs> they just created me to market Mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about some of the stuff you have coming up. I know you got you got a show in San Francisco, Guerrero Gallery. Yeah. With oh, nice. You're showing with Andres. Yeah. He's yeah. actually been on the show. I listened to it. Yeah. Right. I, I tried to get. I wanted to get him set up somehow with the the project. Like try to get the yeah, yeah. the stuff over into his gallery. But yeah, he's he's showing a ton of good people. Like he's doing it yeah. really good. I mean, he's sort of just getting his legs under him. You know, it's not a very old gallery, but he's. I don't know. The program's pretty awesome. Have so you shown far. there yet? I have shown there. I think I was like the one of new the, space. Yeah, one of the first or second people that showed there. But I think I was actually moving at the time, and I didn't go to the opening, so I haven't even seen the space yet. Man, he's one of those guys that I like a lot. That feels less like uh, like a gallery owner and yeah. more of an artist. Yeah, he's like on, on our side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Our, I was bummed. Our interview got all fucked up. Skype. Uh, yeah, yeah, cut Skype out. Skype got all jacked up. And we we never. Got we to didn't have trains. Yeah. <laughs> So what's the what's the plan what's the plan for this show? You got a you got a title? Um, I don't have a title yet. I sort of like uh, like as I'm working, I collect titles for the pieces and the show, sort of around a theme. So then I kind of as I'm getting closer to the show, I'll like go through all that information and sort of sort sort out what I think best represents the overall idea of the show. You know, do your pieces work out in that same way? Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, it's sort of it's. Roughly around the same themes as, you know, the last couple shows that I've done. But, yeah. I mean, I try and work on everything as a group while I'm going. 
you know, in my experience, I have that a lot. Like, I'm working on something, yeah. and I don't know why I'm working on it until, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. halfway through. Yeah. So you get those same sorts of things, like... Uh, I think that's a valid way to work. I mean, I think I worked for a long time where I didn't necessarily know what I was working towards, and but I kept working, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, like, I think it's, it's fine to work intuitively like that, you know? Like, I, I think there's a lot of pressure to sort of, you know, create... Like thematic work and ideas and develop them and flush them out, but it's sort of just like anything else. I feel like it's like it's just like your color palette or your actual like your hand. You know, it's like those things develop as you work. You know, and that's kind of sort of the thing that we we're talking about being a like the, that working class artist. I assume you're in here working almost every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, as five. much as possible. Yeah, yeah. So part of that comes with having that working mentality. It's like all right, I'm gonna sit down and do the work. Yeah, and you know the the mental part comes once you get into that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize that with art, like for no, people no, who I, are making things. Well, it's funny. Like I think a lot of people still have that like old school perception. Like artists are crazy, you know, or like they're like you're some type of like volatile personality. And it's like anybody I know that's a successful artist has like the most determined work ethic. You know, they're like they're hardcore. They go in the studio every day and grind shit out, whether or not they you know whether or not it's there, whether or not it feels good. Hey, pipe down. <laughs> so it's like you know I have you noticed that there's different types of artists in that way too like there's like the 9 to 5 type of folks yeah. and there's like there is like that the, the, the like crazy the creative artist. genius spark hits them yeah. in the I don't yeah. know any of those do you actually know artists like that Yeah dude really? actually a couple of people I know who are That's like funny. way a lot be- they're way beyond their years in like working time you know Yeah yeah that phenom type of thing that happens sometimes. I totally, I don't know. That's like the opposite of my experience, you know? Yeah. I sort of like anybody I know that's gotten anywhere, does anything interesting, it's through, you know, grinding out those 10,000 hours. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Then that's, you know, and I say it on the show all the time. It's all about learning from my stupid. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it, it's making <laughs> yeah. all those fucking mistakes that actually makes you smarter and wiser and, totally. and more able to be uh, comfortable in the things that you make. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's huge, is working through that. Working through that sort of, like, fear, you know, of presenting things, of, like, putting stuff out there, and just, you know, doing it. Battery low? Did we actually get anywhere near an hour? I think so. That first, we were around a half hour at first. All right, it didn't feel but very long. It never does. <laughs> that's what she said. Uh... No, but let's plug your stuff. So, like, uh, you got a website, and I know we've mentioned that your, your social... Interaction. Yeah, I suck um, online. I'm terrible at it. But I do have a website. I probably won't answer any emails, but it's ajfosick.com. And, uh, I've called you AJ Fosick for as long yeah. as uh, I think I've known it. It's, it's a made-up word. It's so weird. Do you notice how artists have fucked-up names? Well, mine's completely made-up. That's like what I... That was my graffiti name. Oh, that's not your real last name? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, those were letters that I liked when I was like 17. I that's was like, I can funny. sort of make a hand style out of this. That's hilarious. And now it's like, I actually just changed my name to that legally. Really? Yeah, yeah, my son was just born. He's the first Fossick. Like the first legit wow, Fossick ever. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Start what does dynasty. that mean for oh, That's your, a lot like, of pressure genealogy. on him. <laughs> right, well, and the other thing was his name is uh, Abe, Abram, John Fossick. And then we were like, well, we can't give him A.J. Fawcett because, you know, what if he Googles himself 15 years from now or whatever, you know, and all he's going to get is me. He's going to fucking hate me. <laughs> it's like just <laughs> A.J. Fawcett everything. So we switched it around. His name is John Abram Fawcett. But, yeah, so he's the first Fawcett. But what, what does that do for, like, you know, like, 
you, your uh, ancestry.com or whatever, you oh, know, yeah. like uh, well, it'll probably keep Mormons from uh, converting him after he's dead, <laughs> <laughs> or me. I don't know. Hopefully, you know, because I, I guess I mean we've seen that throughout history, like the way when immigrants came into the country, how they would change their names to yeah, yeah, yeah. less ethnic. Like, that sounds way names. too Jewish. Your name is now Jones or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even like the way like people shorten things. For, yeah, yeah. Like screw up the spelling and everything. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, it won't take him very long to. Uh, Trace's family tree. Yeah, well, it's almost like you sort of you, you're almost building a brand new lineage. I know, I'm resetting kinda. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the yeah, new dynasty. That's interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah. all, like you almost. Do you feel like that sort of erases some history? I, yeah, I mean, I think. Do it's you kinda, have that intention? Like, no, no, I don't at all. It's just that that's like my name, and it's sort of you know, it's it just became easier for me to do that. In terms of like that feels like my real identity more than my last name does, you know. And I, yeah. I don't, I don't get overly sentimental about it, you know. And like my family's all cool with it, and they don't care, you know. So it's like I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing, like to start off a lineage, you know. It's like yeah, one of those things. Everybody, people change their first names all the time, but yeah, right. You know, starting up a whole new last name, and he's the only one, like because it's not a real name, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Like he's the only, <laughs> yeah. only Fossick there is. Right? Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So does that mean? So are you married? Yeah. Did, yeah. Does your wife carry the last? Yeah, yeah, she took it too. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's yeah. that's that's, you know, that's you're yeah, taking control like, of your own destiny, absolutely. sort of, right? Like totally. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody do that before. Besides, like a marriage. I bet it's probably happening with like a bunch of you know post graffiti people of our generation. You know, like yeah, I, I, there are there are definitely a lot of artists out there who have those like sort of. You know, vestigial graffiti. Yeah, names. the monikers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's fun. You get to play like this different role almost. Sometimes you become yeah, like yeah. A, like a superhero character. Yeah, you can definitely take on a whole sort of like persona if you want to. You yeah. know. Yeah, but you feel like you've just grown into that on your grown into the name. So it's like, is is it less about that? Yeah. Well, you know, I, it isn't about that for me. It just sort of became yeah. like. Because I, I never really got into like the whole persona thing, like you know, like yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect for you to be like, no, so it's just you know, sort of, for somebody, to it's almost just pragmatic, yeah, <laughs> Fosic. Yeah, see, <laughs> see, I'm, no matter what, but artists do have fucked up weird last names all the time. I think half the people on my show I haven't been able you to can't pronounce, pronounce her name, <laughs> <laughs> and it's always like a like a weird. Uh, uh, Enunciation to a certain syllable. Oh right, right. You know, like it's only one letter out of the word, the, the name. <laughs> it's totally it's not how you would intuitively pronounce the it. Whole fucking thing. <laughs> so all right, dude. Let's see. I think I think we got I think we got a good amount here. Okay. So let's, awesome. We're in person, so we can do real life death. <laughs> all right, brother. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, thank it. you, man. Here's to now. Was thinking, said everything out loud. Cause Epcot seats get awesome that we don't worry about. Sitting on your doorstep, waiting for you to come home or come out. Well, Epcot seats have sound tonight that we don't care about. So here's to now. Here's to now. Buildings built sturdy, rolled up in every town. As the beans get aged and the bellies get sick, well, the people fall right out. Pride is really falling 
I'm proud that I'm not proud as my people get aged and the bellies get saved. Well, their instincts are fall out. Here's to now. Here's to now. Here's to now. Here's to now. Bus boy's younger brother. When he drinks, he talks too much. He seems more to me, but at a quarter to three, well, I can see he's a little bit touched. Actually, was thinking, said everything out loud. Cause at the cup seats carry awesome that we don't care about. Here's to now. Here's to now. 